Mike. So are you ready for the word this morning? Your being ready makes all the difference. Because there's, there's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, but it's you receiving too. And I'm excited about what God has given me today. And so um, that's in your seatbelts. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me in prayer this morning. I heard slam dunk, and now I'm talking about fastening seatbelts. <laughs> this morning's message is called Count the Cost. And so, Lord, as we come before you this morning, your faithfulness permeates every part of us. And you're faithful to your word, and that your word will produce great fruit in Jesus name. Amen. So there were these two churches, same demo- the same denomination in a town in North Dakota. And one was pretty large and one was very small. And they were actually on the opposite sides of town. The small one was in a small building down by the Mouse River. And the larger one was in a new building in the up-and-coming section of Minot. And something happened in that town, in those two churches, that I've never forgotten. A move of God happened. And for Minot, North Dakota, it was a pretty significant move of God. Many young people were radically saved. And then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And groups of young people began to meet almost daily for prayer in an Episcopal church because it never closed its doors. So they were there midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. I mean, there were kids coming and going in that church continuously. And those getting saved, it was interesting because they looked different. A lot of them had really long hair. They had sandals or were barefeeted. I didn't say that right. Thank you. (laughs) They had bare feet. Yeah. And they dressed differently. And they came to church with this passionate love for God who had saved them. But... They didn't look like everyone else coming to church. (laughs) And they didn't really act like everyone else coming to church. They had, they wore jeans with holes in it. Can you imagine? (laughs) In the midst of this crazy supernatural act of God, 
things were happening and God was moving. I saw kids dancing in the spirit. I saw young people laying in the aisles. This church that was large, it had like three really big aisles. And in every, on the outside and every aisle, there were people laying. And in the altar, all across the front, there wasn't room to move. And if they weren't laying, they were kneeling with their hands raised in worship. And one night, I was there and I saw a young man. He began to dance. And his face was turned upward like this. And his hands were both raised. And he began to move up and down the aisles and across the front. And I was literally gawking. I was watching because I was like, there's people laying everywhere. And he never looked where he was going. And he moved up and down the aisles and across the front. Dancing before the Lord. I'd never seen anything like it. And it was a pretty amazing thing to observe, especially being a simple little Baptist girl without any supernatural experience. And those meetings were really exciting. You didn't know what was going to happen next. And you really wondered what's going to come, what's going to take place. And this new church building people, they they didn't like their, they didn't like what was happening. They didn't like their new building filled with people who didn't look like them. People who were not as clean as they might have liked. People who didn't dress like them. People who didn't talk like them. People who didn't even think like them. And they didn't really like what the Spirit of God was doing either because it it really couldn't be controlled or contained. And so they begin to establish rules to try to control and they begin to not welcome those who look different. And the little church by the river opened its doors and welcomed those who looked and acted differently. And they begin to embrace the move of God that had come upon them. And that little church began to surge with people who were not welcomed at the big church. And pretty soon the little church couldn't even hold all the people showing up. And the glory and grace of God began to rest on that small church in amazing ways. You see, I was about 16 or 17 years old. And the guy that I was dating began to take me to those services. And I hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit very long. When I began to experience things I didn't know were possible. And it was exciting. And it was scary. And it was definitely outside my comfort zone. I've come a long ways. (laughs) See, what happened in that town was that the large church shut down the move of the Holy Spirit. You see, they had a choice. And they said no to what they did not understand. And they said no to what they had not experienced before. They said no out of fear. They were afraid that Normal people wouldn't come to their church anymore. 
And it grieves me today when I think about what might have been, what should have been. And I tell you all this with purpose. I want you to know that the thoughts of all that happened many, many years ago haven't even crossed my mind in probably 20 or 30 years. And the Holy Spirit brought it to my mind for this message with purpose. You see, this last few weeks, we've been talking about living from the unseen. And the reality we are talking about is bringing the kingdom of heaven to be established on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're longing for. That's what we're wanting to see. We're, we're looking for those unexplainable by nature, by natural law, you see, the, the supernatural is the characteristics of God released into our lives and released into our circumstances in ways you can't explain. And we, Lighthouse Church, we've been praying for the supernatural to be released in our midst. We've asked for signs and wonders and miracles, have we not? We cry out and we ask God to move in ways that will astound us and cause us to bow and worship him. And we've been crying out, more of you. More, more, more of you. And in the midst of this, I would remind you that we actually have experienced the supernatural in our midst lots of times. We've seen God do some impossible things in our midst. One of the the ones that I, I thought of immediately was the roof. A brand new roof that didn't cost us anything. That was supernatural. That was a a moment in time when God moved in a way that was impossible and brought it into the natural. And we have experienced healings of different people have experienced healings. I will never forget when, and a lot of you probably don't even know her, Duane Webb was in a service and she had a finger that was bent crooked and bad and it caused her a lot of pain. She had terrible arthritis. In one moment, God touched it and that finger straightened out and it never came back again. There was just this moment of healing. And there, I remember a time when the youth group One of the kids lost a contact on a hayride. And we, as a youth group, we prayed. And there was the contact. I mean, those kind of crazy things that God does just because he can. I remember a storm going around a house when the church was helping a family re-roof their house. And how it split and just went around when we, as a church, prayed over it. My husband is a walking miracle. A prophet reminded me of that. He said, you do not understand. He said, you do not understand. He would not be here except for God. He is a miracle. He is a miracle. You need to remember that. And he is, God is so good. He is so good. And then... I don't think we really understand the miracle of of John. (laughs) An absolute miracle. He would not be here but God. Church, it was a supernatural intervention. And it happened more than once on his journey. His story is one from the books. 
And the Lord heard all of our prayers and he saved John from the enemy. The enemy's plans. That's supernatural. And, and there's lots of them. And I just picked a random, some random ones. Two weeks ago, Sylvia came up after service and asked for prayer. Her brother um, had broken his ribs and he wasn't being allowed to be seen by the medical. He wasn't, it wasn't being allowed. And I said to her, well, do you want me to pray for healing for his ribs or pray for him to be seen by the medical profession? She said, oh, pray for healing. And so her and I joined hands together and we prayed. Last Sunday she came to me and she said, in one moment, he was totally free. No more pain. It was healed. That's God. That's the supernatural. That happened just, just recently. Yeah. And I've heard your voices cry out for both a supernatural move in the church and in our nation. You know, that asking for the release of what's in heaven to be on earth. We're longing for the book of Acts to be revisited here and now. And today, as, as Dave said, it's the beginning of a new Jewish calendar. And so many voices are saying that this new Jewish year is a year of supernatural. That God's going to release a, a, a measure of his Holy Spirit that we've never experienced before. That makes me hungry. Does that make you hungry? So this morning I come with a question and I believe it's God wanting to know the answer. And you have to answer it as an individual, but we have a responsibility as the body of Christ to answer it too. Have you counted the cost? Have you considered what it will cost you personally to experience what you're asking for? And have you thought about what it will cost us as a church? You see, the church I told you about in North Dakota, they didn't count the cost. And they were unwilling to let God move. They did not want their new building ruined. And they said no and Unfortunately, that costs them too. What they must have missed. And I believe this morning God is asking you to truly consider just what that supernatural falling upon us might look like and what it will require from you. And the most important question of all is, are you willing to... Are you willing to die to self? Probably that's the most critical thing of all. For us as a body to move into the supernatural fully, we have to deal with that thought, have we died to self? Have we? You have to die to self because the supernatural is never about you. It's always about him. The one who is above all, in all, and over all. Galatians 2.20 puts it this way. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. It should be up there, the scripture. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
This is what happens when we recognize the truth of what was accomplished in us when Jesus died on the cross. A supernatural act happened. And it changed everything for you. We became brand new. Do you realize that? You became brand new. Romans 6, 6 says it this way. We know that the old sinful self was crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. And we're no longer slaves to sin. Did you hear that? Amazing, powerful statement. Sin has no power over you. It's incredible. That's freedom. Yet we walk around chained so often. So we've talked about the natural man and the spirit man the last few weeks. And the natural man, it likes to rule. It likes to raise its head. It likes to be in charge. But when we ask Jesus into our lives to be our savior, we also ask him to be our Lord. Do you know what that means? For him to be your Lord. You see, there's this story in the New Testament about a young man who came to Jesus with such hunger. He was a good man. He was doing all the right things. It's found in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 17. And I want you to look how he came. He came running. This young man, he came running and he knelt before Jesus and he said, Good teacher, what should I do that I might inherit eternal life? And verse 18 says, And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but the one that is God. You know the commandments. And he lists this list of things, these rules. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and he said to him, this is just amazing. Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth, all of them. I haven't committed any sin. And then Jesus looks at him. And the scripture actually says he looked at him with love. And he says, one thing you lack. He said, go your way, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come and take up your cross and follow me. And verse 22 says this. But he was sad at his, this word. And he went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. Can you hear the longing in this young man's voice? Can you feel the passion? You see, he loved God. And he wanted to serve God. And yet, there's one thing he didn't want to surrender. His finances. And, and, he said, and Jesus said to him, this one thing. You see, the problem really wasn't his riches. The problem was putting his money before God. Breaking the very first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And what that rich young ruler didn't understand was that if he would have surrendered his treasures, oh, the favor and blessing would have far outweighed anything he owned or had. God would have blessed him abundantly beyond what he could ask or think. But his love of wealth was a secret corner. He was unwilling to surrender. 
you know, we're so afraid to allow God to rule certain areas of our lives because we're afraid of what, what he might ask from us, what he might require. Oh, church, our thoughts of God are, are so too small, way too small. We do not really know him if we believe that. God's heart is for you and not against you. And like Jesus spoke to the rich young ruler, he's speaking to us today. And he's saying, hey, do, do a checkup. Look at your hearts. Have you fully surrendered everything to me? See, he wants all of you. All of you. Nothing held back. To move fully into the realm of the supernatural, we have to be able to trust God with everything in our lives. Everything. What do we really want? What are we willing to let go of to see that kind of move of God happening amongst us? Is it possible that we can be praying and longing for revival, the unleashing of signs and wonders and miracles, but only want it on our terms the way we want it in, in the way, done the way in an organized fashion? You know, like how we want it. Have you ever thought of that? We put restrictions on him. And like, it's kind of like that big church I told you about. And I believe that God is asking you today, have you counted the cost and are you willing? Do we just freely give him our Sunday mornings or do we allow his lordship to permeate every area of our lives, every day of our lives, every part of us? Because in order to walk in the supernatural, we must surrender our everyday to his lordship, our everything. And when we die to self, it means that what we want and how we want it is supposed to be dead at Calvary. And we need to be looking at life through his plan and purposes. Because, you know, the scriptures tell us his ways are so far above our ways. In Isaiah 55... So far, as far as the heavens are from the earth, so are his ways from ours. I don't know if you've found this true or not, but when I think, oh, this is the way God should move, he definitely isn't going to move that way. He, He definitely moves how he wants to. So as we're asking God to move in the supernatural, will we let go of all requirements, our ideas of how it should be? And who he might send. And how it might look. And what it might cost. You know, dying to our old nature is a constant choice. Like, I can be worshiping one moment and anger can arise so quickly. That old man likes to rule. And I have to choose, who am I going to let rule? Him father or myself so I challenge you this morning as a church that there are things we need to die to and they might be things we don't even consider as sin you know things that are small things that might seem like no big deal you know like worry things like that 
But those aren't what I want to talk about. The Lord brought me to one thing, one critical issue that he's asking you to, to look at today. It's probably one of the most significant hindrances to advancing the kingdom of God. And it definitely would keep you from moving in the supernatural. So in order for you to see use, used by God in the supernatural, you have to die to how you see yourself. How you measure your worth. How you compare yourself to others. And come alive to how he sees you. I have a reminder for you. It's found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what is he? He's a new creation. And then what happens? All things are passed away. And listen to this. Behold, all things have become new. You see... You're not the same as you were before you were crucified with Christ. All things became new. You are redeemed. And the natural man wants you to hold on to who you were. He wants you to keep thinking about all your inadequacies and all your lack of self-worth. And it will hinder you from believing who God says you are. It will hinder you from doing what God tells you you can do. Because you don't think you can. And there's a word that is used in the church, and it's used in the word of God. And it has to do with what he did for us. And it says that you are redeemed. There is actually a scripture that says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That you are redeemed. Say you're redeemed. Say you're redeemed. Say you're redeemed. First Peter 1, 18 and 19 says this. Knowing this. You are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. No one paid money for you to be redeemed. From your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You were redeemed by Jesus Christ going to the cross. Redeemed. It's a Hebrew word, and it means to buy back. I want you to remember this. Redeem means to buy back. You have been purchased with the life and blood of Jesus. That purchase price, his life, establishes your value. What he paid for you establishes what you are worth. You see, things are only worth what people are willing to pay. The housing market goes up and down only by what people are willing to pay, right? Am I correct? You are worth what was being, what he was willing to pay. And he gave it all. He gave his only begotten son for you. For you and you and you and you and you and you and you. He did that. If only we understood, oh, the freedom. You see, you must embrace the truth of how Jesus sees you. It allows you to actually step into the impossible because you know who you are and what you carry. You see, we flippantly say this, oh, I just have a self-image problem. 
all my life I've been told this. And this is what people say about me. And I, you know, I was the poor middle child that got neglected. Or I was the baby. Or I was... We all make excuses of every kind for how we view our worth. And this morning, God wants you to understand that your worth was so great that he sent Jesus to pay the price on your behalf. We often carry an inaccurate assessment which hinders what we will do. See, if you don't believe that all the things in the word that he's poured into you are true, you aren't going to be willing to step out and do. You're not going to go to a lame man by the gate, beautiful, and say, I don't have any money, but I'll give you what I have. Get up and walk. You know? We won't stop in the supermarket and say, oh, excuse me, ma'am, I'm noticing you're really hobbling. Is there any way I can pray for you? Because I know a God who's able to do what no one else can do. And he loves you so much. You see, if we don't understand who we are, if we do not understand our worth, we will never step out into the supernatural. Because we'll say, I'm just shy. I just can't do that. I can't. Oh, I, if I had training or, you know, if I was like John, just out there talking about Jesus. You know, we say those kind of things. If I was only. The truth is you're a child of the king who has given you everything you need for life and godliness. And it is sufficient. That's truth. But wait. Redeemed has another meaning. Aren't you excited? (laughs) It. It also is the root meaning of the word redeemed is to sever. Interesting. To buy back. To sever. You have been severed from your old life and your old identity. If if something is severed, if my arm is severed, it isn't connected anymore, correct? Right? There's no connection. He redeemed you. And your old life and old identity were severed. He, you died a horrible and tragic death in Jesus. And you were released from faulty mess and mistaken identity. You were set free. And you were raised with him and you have redeemed to your original purpose and identity. You see, he redeemed you to who he really, who you really are and all you've been called to. It says before the foundation of the earth, he knew you and he called you by name. Oh, the love of God, the great love of God over you. You've been redeemed to your original purpose and identity. You should be shouting hallelujah at that truth. Oh, you've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. You see, we're without excuse. Holding on to the old identity that holds you back and tells you horrible lies about yourself is wrong. Your old man was, has died and was cut away. And you got a fresh start with an original identity that Jesus designed for you. It's flawless. It's beautiful. 
It's so full of potential. You, you, you were designed to slay giants. You, yes, you. Doesn't matter if you're big or little. You were designed to slay giants and destroy principalities and power. Because you are the body of the church. You are under the headship of Lord Jesus Christ. And he already defeated the enemy. And it's your job to hold the line. And he has plans that are indescribable laid out for you. And guess what? (laughs) Papa isn't challenged by who who you think you're not. Nor by... How little you think you're worth. You are who he thinks you are. And you are worth what he paid for you. I've said this lots of times, but I don't know if you honestly believe it. If it was just you. His love was so great, he would have gone for just you. But as it was, he went for the whole world. That all might know this redeeming, beautiful thing. Your challenge is, are you going to believe you are his redeemed? It's time, church. It's time to move forward to revival and supernatural victory over every place of darkness in our lives. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. All those old man insecurities try and stop you from doing what he has called and determined you to do, destined you. All you got to do is say, not today, devil, not today. I'm a child that is redeemed by the blood of Jesus, and I am a powerhouse ready to be unleashed. That's who you are. Yeah. And there is this grabbing hold of this truth and gluing it to yourself, to the fabric of who you are, that new nature, that original identity, that blood-bought character that he chose you for. That person in whom nothing is impossible because God is in you. That's truth. There's nothing impossible. When God is in you. You must not only believe. But also declare who you are. Remember David. Declared who he was. And as he's running to the giant. He declares. This is who I am. And this is what's going to happen. And that needs to be our declaration. This is who I am. And this is what's going to happen. You are a new creation. And old is passed away. Everything is new. Everything. The old temptation and voices and sin nature must stay dead so that you can live. He can live through you. He's the one that makes you able to walk and live and be. It's in him. You see, you must embrace this truth to see the supernatural move among us. And I want you to know something. You are needed. Not one of us can do revival alone. You are each needed. 
You carry something that the rest of us do not carry. We are not individuals doing our own agenda. We are the body of Christ moving and living together in harmony and allowing the spirit of the living God to flow through us. And that's what it takes to see the supernatural released. All of us. Together. Moving in the powerful things of God. Focusing on the leading of the Holy Spirit moment by moment. Letting go of the past and moving into the future fully equipped. Knowing who our God is and who we are because of him. Will we count the cost? Will we allow him his rightful place? Will we allow him to move how he wants? Are we hungry? Are we ready? Are we ready to do Matthew 10, 8? This is what it says. Go and heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. That's what it is to move in the supernatural. Amen? And amen. And God has called us as the body of Christ to step into the full arena of what he has planned. Oh, the beauty of us moving as one. Changing the atmosphere wherever we go. Changing destinies of people's lives. I personally have heard God speak to me and he has told me things that are to come. And one of the things he said to me is, and yes, you will see Isaiah's hand grow out. I've prayed for that for a long time. It looks impossible. It, it doesn't... It, it, it seems outside the realm of possible. And out of the blue, God spoke to me just last week and said, Hey, this is what you're going to see. You're going to see signs and wonders. You're going to see arms growing, legs growing. You're going to see healings. You're going to see salvations. And you're going to see Isaiah's hand come. And so I stand boldly and declare that I'm so hungry for the supernatural and that I'm going to die to me and live to him that I might be a full expression of his glory and his beauty. And that's what he wants from you. Will you stand with me? I truly believe he's asking you this morning, will you count the cost? And what will your response be? Because you have a choice. We always have a choice. You can say yes to Jesus, or you can not say yes. You can give him everything, or you can hold back. But the glory of what he has for us, for you, for you and you, is a beautiful thing worth saying yes to. So, Papa, I've been obedient. I've shared what you gave me to share. And I'm asking by the power of your Holy Spirit to so stir hearts that we move into a new realm of your glory and your goodness. I thank you, Lord.
I thank you. I thank you. I say this because of the change that happened in me. And I said yes. That if there's anyone here this morning that's never said yes to Jesus, and you're wanting to understand the, the vast beauty and greatness of what he will do in your life, I would love to pray over you this morning. All you have to do is come. It's such a beautiful thing. And I'm going to ask those that are to come, that are on the prayer team to come and I encourage you that if you're struggling with an issue this morning, let them pray the death to that issue this morning. And if you're wanting prayer over being able to embrace this word this morning, come and let them pray over you this morning. I'm going to ask Pastor Mike to come at this time. Put your hand in your heart today. Hmm. Don't share this blessing with you flippantly, but with the power of God behind it. Because he says, when you say this over my people, I will bless them. So receive his blessing this morning. Receive his power. Receive his strength. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in his strength today.